Welcome to the Church at Bradenton podcast, where we are finding strength for today, hope for the future, and the courageous joy to bring others along. Let's join our pastor and church family as we share teachings rooted in God's Word from our weekend gatherings. In Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, some of his parting words to them, Ephesians chapter 6, 18 through 20, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading of His Word. You may be seated. The single most effective church growth strategy is, is contained in this passage. And to be honest with you, in thousands of, of passages and examples and moments down throughout scriptural history. Old Testament to New, we see the people of God living this strategy. Now, why do I say this? I say this because it's not about the kind of growth we usually think of. It's, it's not about personal growth, how to make me better. I fear that at times, especially in the Western church, we've pretty much made the gospel about that, haven't we? Uh, how, how can I be better? How can I do better? The good news of the gospel is if, if, if we follow the strategy that we'll talk about this morning, it will go a long, long way to making us better as we become more and more like Jesus. But this thing that we've got going here, it, it is not about making me and you better, not primarily. And, and it's not about church growth. And I want to make sure that we are on the same page on this one. This thing that we've got going, the reason we do what we do together, it is not about church growth. In other words, how to make my church bigger. I would suggest that it's about something much, much bigger. And, and if we get this strategy right, then personal growth... And, and even numerical church growth, well, God will take care of that. Let, let me explain. Really, rather, let's let the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul explain. Let's just exegete this, this passage. Let's just get in there and kind of dig in just phrase by phrase in God's Word together. First, praying at all Times. Now, pause for just a moment because this is assuming something. This is assuming that we have all put on the full armor of God, which he just spent time detailing to the Jesus followers there in Ephesus. So knowing that we have on the full armor of God, this is what ties the armor all together, praying at all times. Let me just ask us, taking a poll here, how many of us pray at all times. Well, at least we're honest. I mean, how is that even? I got it. I know how it's possible. I know how it's possible. 
what, what God really means here is for his people worldwide to just be in an attitude of prayer, amen? I mean, just stay in an attitude of prayer. He really doesn't mean for his people to actually pray, right? Praying at all times in the Spirit. I'm looking for the whole attitude thing here. And I got to tell you, I'm not finding it. And so let's get real. How is it that we pray at all times? Well, I'll grant you that there's certainly something to being in the right spirit and, and attitude for prayer. But I think what the enemy of our souls is quite happy with, especially in Western culture, is that we got a whole lot of people in an attitude of prayer, but nobody's actually praying. So how can we pray at all times? How can we pray at all times? I want to give you three very practical that, that will end up being moment by moment miraculous for you to take your prayer life to a whole nother level for those of you that aren't living this quite yet. I hope it changes everything from, for, for you from this moment on. The, the first one is this, pray on the go. Pray as you go. I mean, if prayer, in order for prayer to be prayer, we had to be still, and there's a place for that, be still and know that I'm God. But if we had to be still and everything quiet and everything at peace and everybody else where they need to be, you know, and everybody doing, and, and we are just alone with God in prayer, um, how many of you, what I just, you don't get much of that. How many of you don't really get much of that? Yeah, time just, just the way. Pray on the go. Pastor Andrew was sharing from Deuteronomy chapter six last week, talking to us as a young parent who gets this, who lives this. And, and he highlighted the words that came down from Jehovah God through Moses to the people once the commandments had been given. And he said this, I want you to talk about it all the time. When you walk on the way. So here's the truth about our lives. We have never been more on the way to somewhere. And we're somewhere, but even before we really really get in there, we're thinking about somewhere else. We live in a world that has never been more on the way. So my suggestion, my simple practical thing for you to transform your prayer life is to see prayer as something you take to go. You take to go. And that means that there's never an inappropriate time for you to be breathing prayers, which is our second. Very practical. Pray out loud. Pray out loud. I've, I've challenged us before. We were talking about this as, as men in our men's group Wednesday night. I've, I've been challenging people for, for a long, long time. Nobody's come up with it yet. Other, other than the encouragements to meditate on, on the scripture, which is kind of a, a, a silent kind of thing. We're not talking about that. Show me think praying in scripture. Show me the example of Jeremiah thinking prayer. Show me the example of Jesus think praying. Show me the example of the disciples think praying. Let me help us out here. I want to save you some time that is so short. You're not going to find it. But what we do find from beginning to end 
Example after example after example are God's people crying out, calling out, talking, verbalizing their prayers. Scripture says this as it describes Moses' prayer life with the Father. And it simply says this, and Moses talked with God as a man talks with his friend. So unless you've got some kind of weird telepathic thing, long-going conversation going on with your friends, I, I, I think it's, it's pretty simple here. We talk, and, and Jesus, all of the prayers that we have recorded of Jesus, why do we have them recorded? It isn't because Jesus was thinking and was thinking so loud that somebody or just only the disciples could really hear him. It's because he spoke these prayers. In the garden, at an earshot, the disciples could hear him praying, crying out to the Father. In, in the public square, at times, praying. In homes, at, at festival times or, or times of grieving, Jesus calling out to the Lord, verbalizing his prayers out loud. And somebody heard them, his disciples recorded them, and we are praying them still today. Pray on the go and pray out loud. Pray out loud. Thirdly, lift those holy hands in prayer. Now, why do I say this? I say this because the Bible tells me so. The Spirit through the Apostle Paul also said this, I want everybody, everywhere, every man, everywhere to lift holy hands in prayer without arguing or complaining about it. It's, it's in there. Look it up. And, and so what, what does do the combination of these things do for us in prayer? They get us into this is how you get and stay in an attitude of prayer. And more, that, more than that, this is what makes prayer a moment-by-moment -moment reality where we can with much more confidence say, yeah, um, I am praying at all times times in this last hour I am praying why why am I making a deal about this number one because I want this for you I want you to experience this I want you to I want you to 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 to, to live everything that God has for you in this abundant life and what I'm describing to you is every bit a part of that but there's something deeper there's something more important it's because our children and our children's children desperately need to learn prayer from us and if they don't see us and if they don't hear us praying to the Lord then they're never gonna catch it because some things are better caught than they are taught I get it pushback let me save somebody an email email me later pastor Tom that's not scripture says you you just go into your closet when when and when you pray it's just a private thing and you and and you know what I say to that you're absolutely positively right that is one way to pray and that was a teaching and, and, and an admonition that was also a reaction to the Pharisees and Sadducees that were pulling up to the busiest corners in town dressed to kill, getting everybody's attention and, and praying and, and, you know, selling tickets, making sure everybody, and it's not about that. And we need to be alone in our closet, if you will, of prayer, but example after example after example, if no one else set this example, Jesus praying, it just becomes normal, normal. I want that for you. Praying at all times, in the Spirit, in the Spirit. How do we know that we are praying in the Spirit? 
Let me give you a very simple litmus test. Because we pray like Jesus. I, I think that's a pretty good idea. We're Jesus followers. We want to do everything. So we pray like Jesus who prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Pause right there. Pause right there. You know you are praying in the Spirit when whatever it is that you are praying for, whoever it is that you are praying for, can, can, be, can be supernaturally and quite simply wrapped up and framed in the context of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That what I want is in the context of what He wants for His kingdom. And, and really the cry of our hearts is, how is this thing, this desire that I have, how does it fit into your greater kingdom plan so that what you've got in mind up there in heaven happens right here on earth? And, and I can't control the entire earth, but in my world, in my circle of influence, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. You see, it's not that some of the things that we pray for are, are bad things. I'm not saying don't pray for those things. They can be otherwise wonderful, good, and godly things. But the question and what is deep within our souls is, is it a kingdom thing? What does what I want, what is what I am praying about, what does it have to do with the kingdom? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I pray it as a kingdom thing? Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplications. Let me run down uh, for you just a, just a simple study here, just uh, very practical because maybe you're sitting there thinking, I, I've run out of stuff to pray. What, what, what do I say in prayer? Let, let me help you out with all prayers and, and supplication. Um, you start out with prayers of, uh, of praise and thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You always begin with praise and thanksgiving. It's, it's what gets you close and closer and closer to God. And there's just something magnetic about it because he inhabits the praises of his people. And he is drawn to those that are giving him attention and giving him glory. And by the way, the enemy wants no part of that. And so he gets farther, as far away as possible when the glory of God is being lifted up, especially when it's spoken. When it's spoken. So it always begins with prayers of praise and thanksgiving. And then we've got all kinds of prayers. There, as Paul uses the word here, supplication. Supplication simply says, Lord, I need. And so by all means say, Lord, I need. But we see another kind of prayer throughout scripture. Prayers of intercession. Fancy word, right? Intercession simply says this, Lord, they need. Lord, you know what I need, but here's what my friend needs. Here's what they need, and I'm going to bat. I'm standing in the gap. I'm praying for them. I'm asking you and everybody that has the power to make stuff move and happen here on earth in heaven, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for them. I would suggest this, that the deeper we go and the more mature we become, the more fearless we are in boldly asking God for what we need, but the more time we spend in intercession for others. I would suggest that that is the case for the growing and maturing brother or sister in Christ. Then there are prayers of 
declaration. Jesus told his disciples this, I'm giving you my spirit and with my spirit comes my authority and what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Prayers of declaration are simply taking the word of the Lord and prophesying. Fancy word, I know. It just means forthtelling, saying it forward by faith and proclaiming the word of God. And I would suggest to you scripture praying that as you pray for someone that, that you know is just, is just sick and tired of being sick and tired and they are worn out. I mean, they are frazzled. Here's what you, you pray. Lord God, I, I, I pray that, that Mary, Lord, Mary today, Mary can do all things through Christ who gives her the strength. You've got, you've got a friend and they are so just depressed, burdened. I mean, they're just heavy, heavy. And, and you, you just pray, Lord God, Kyle is just so, uh, Lord, I, I just pray that today that Kyle would cast all his cares on you because you care for him and you'll carry him, Lord. You, you see what's happening there? You're speaking forth. You are exhaling the very word of God. See, the word of God is the breath of God. God said through Paul to Timothy, all scripture is profitable. It is breathed, it says inspired, and that, and that word means breathed. And so what we're doing is we're inhaling the word of God when we take his word in, and when we speak his word, we are exhaling the breath of God. That's some powerful stuff. Intercede and declare, and then wrap it up with some more praise. Wrap it up with some more thanksgiving. I gotta tell you, the, the, the best mood booster the best way. This is a glorious, beautiful day. Yesterday was great. What Was it Friday that it was rainy and it was gloomy? Anybody else get a case of sad seasonal affective disorder on days like that? You've got no, I mean, and you just bummed out, right? It's at that moment that you, you, I don't care what you use, Spotify, Apple Music, I mean, find, find that old vinyl, whatever you got, but just crank up some praise and worship, put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness and just, just get over yourself and praise the Lord. Try it, try it. To that end, what end? That end. Which end? Exactly. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Did, did, did we catch that? Because if, if we don't catch this, then we're never really going to get this, this idea of praying in, in terms of the kingdom and, and, and get a sense of what God's will is. The end of prayer is not getting God to give me what I am praying for. I hear you. You're saying, and I'm praying why then? Why, why, why do I? Buy? The Father knows that you have need of stuff, Jesus said. He, he knows what you need. It's just sometimes I forget what I really, really need, what my soul need 
is. And I think if I get this that I'm asking for, and it's kind of low-hanging fruit, if I get that, it's really going to satisfy my soul. And here's what we know. It just doesn't. It makes me a little gladder. It makes me a little happier for a moment. It's a God thing. It's a good thing. Enjoy it. Give him gr- gratitude and thanks for it. But an hour, two hours later, the next day, three or four days, a, a week later, I'm needing something else. God's saying, What I want to give you is much, much deeper. The end of prayer is prayer. It is communion with God. Let me me say it this way. Communion with Jesus is the answer to every prayer. In, in, In the same way, in the same way that heaven is not our eternal reward then what's heaven good for? What's the deal with heaven? Heaven is merely the space and the place where we will receive our final reward, which is the unfettered, the unhindered, all about it, presence of God our Father, the Son Jesus Christ, His Holy Spirit, the communion of saints forever and ever and ever. Together forever is the answer to our prayers in communion with the Lord. It's who we long for to that end. And so it kind of puts all of our prayers in perspective. To the end of communing with you, is this going to help me be with you where you're at? Because what's he up to? what's, What's Jesus up to? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So to commune with God is to be involved in whatever kingdom thing He is up to at any and every given moment. And we live the kingdom, even as we are praying for the kingdom to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance. Are we staying spiritually aware? Aware of what? Aware of three simple things. Here you go. Number one, aware of what the Holy Spirit of Christ is up to. Who is it that you need me to to bless in your name? Who is it that you need me to come alongside and to encourage and to equip? What are you up to? Get me into that. What is the Holy Spirit doing? What is the Holy Spirit saying? How is the Holy Spirit moving? You say, Pastor, how am I supposed to know that? Ask. You, you don't have because you don't ask. Have you ever, child of God, have you ever asked? So, Holy Spirit, what are you, I don't really get this situation. So, A, what is up with this situation? Young people, you, you can really pray this way. I do. So, if this isn't right, I'm doing it wrong. Lord, I, I don't really get this situation, but I'm in it, and you're in me, and you're everywhere, so you must be up to something. Um, a, give me a clue, and then B, let me be a part of it. I don't have to be, I don't have to play the main role. I don't have to be right in the middle of it. Uh, but Lord, w- once, once, I tell you what, let me be a part of it, even if I don't ever figure what it is out, right? Hmm. What are you up to? And then keep alert with all perseverance as to what the enemy is up to. What are the lies? Mm. You know what's worse than a flat out lie? Half truth. The deception of half-truth. Truth with a, hmm, an agenda, and it's not God's. Right. 
half-truths and half-lies and speaking the language of truth and the language of love and all of its worldly definitions. And my goodness, have we been seeing this in the last decade or so in our nation. What is the enemy up to, Lord? Make me aware of that. Make me aware of the lies that are being um, absolutely, our our kids are immersed in it. um, And Lord God, help me to expose them. Help me to have a good conversation about the absolute evil that my kids and my grandkids are being exposed to. They need to know that it's not normal. They need to know that it's not right. What is the enemy up to? And number three, make me aware of what the Holy Spirit's into. Um, I'm... I'm I'm not losing it here. I, I realize number one and number three, they're the same thing. Why? Because if if we if we if we know what the spirit's up to, then who cares what the enemy's up to? We are kingdom people in this brief breath of a life that is like a vapor that is here and gone. Listen, the days are long, but the years are short. I want to be about your kingdom, Lord. So stay alert with, with all perseverance. If we don't do this, otherwise we live a life that is reactionary instead of responsive. We're always reacting to what the world is up to and the world is doing. And I would just encourage us to, let me just say this, stay informed, but watch less news. You, you hear me? Stay informed, but watch less news. There, there's zero unbiased news. The only people that I kind of respect in the news world are those that come right through the front door. Hey, I'm pretty much about everything that, that, that these people that, that uh, and you know how it is, right, left, moderate, right, have you. I, I, I respect people that say, hey, just want you to know, I am. I'm just coming at you from the right. And I, and I at least respect th- those, those that say, hey, just want you to know, I am, I'm coming at you from the left. And it's going to be a left hook. I'm just letting you know it's coming. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And then you got those poor people that think this is hilarious. Um, I'm, I'm moderate. We are the world. We are the children. And we just love. And I just want everybody. And I'm, I'm trying to come at you from right down the middle. How's that working out for you? Our kids need clarity. Our children need clarity. They need to know that there is right and there is wrong. And the right aren't always right and the left aren't always caring. Right is defined by Jesus Christ and His Holy Word. (laughs) Making supplication for all the saints. We've never needed a sense of the saints more than this. We saw a picture of it here, of the saints here, uh, and just some of them, because there's, there's all of us together as the saints. But the saints are, are, are brothers and sisters in Christ, both present and past and future, because outside of this realm of, of, of taking breaths, it is timeless. And so in the presence of the I am, it always is present. I mean, meditate on that and just let that blow your mind for a little bit. In the presence of I am, it always is present. 
And so these saints are always with us, praying at all times, making supplication for all of the saints, all of the saints in Christ Jesus. And this is repeated, especially by Paul, again and again, to all of the saints who are in Christ Jesus. All of those that name the name of Jesus Christ. If you want a list of just a sampling of those, you go to Hebrews chapter 11. It's the roll call of faith in Jesus Christ. And it gives us just a tiny sampling of the kind of people crazy enough to answer the call of God to be different in this world, to be all about the kingdom of our Lord God and to live for Him. And they made Hebrews 11. (laughs) But it gets even better just at the beginning of of Hebrews chapter 12, 12 because it says this, therefore, and therefore is always therefore a reason in Scripture, therefore, seeing as though we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, of martyrs, of people who have been there, they have done that, they have walked that way, and they were victorious, and they are victorious in Jesus Christ, seeing as though we're absolutely surrounded by these saints, let us run this race with a sense of perseverance that is set before us, looking to Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. He's now sat down at the right hand of the Father with all of the saints in on it with him. That, that's, that's just, a, wow! That's shouting territory from where I come from. We are not in this alone. Elisha shared this with his servant when all his servant could see with earthly eyes was the earthly fact that he and his master Elisha were surrounded by an entire army and the army that Elisha the prophet was was kind of prophesying and working for they were nowhere to be found They are vastly outnumbered and outgunned. And he walks outside of his tent, Elisha's servant, and says, my master, what in the world are we going to do? I love this. I mean, what what would you do in that moment? What would you say in that moment? And Elisha prayed. Boom. If I had a mic, I'd drop it. And Elisha prayed, Lord, open the eyes of my servant. And the Lord did. And he opened up his eyes. And surrounding the people that were surrounding them were angels and chariots of fire all around. And Elisha said, those who are with us are so much more than those who are with them. I love it. I love it. What am I saying? I'm saying surround your brother and sister by with, with prayer and pray by name. Pray by name. Pray by name name. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. This is the kind of, this is what it means by praying at all times. Pray out loud. Speak intercessory prayer for them. Make that supplication for all of the saints, knowing that there is a cheering section, a rooting section that I believe with all my heart, I can't explain it. There's a mystery that I don't get. I just believe it, and that's more and more good enough for me to know that the saints in heaven that have gone on before they are a great cloud of witnesses they are in on these things and they are rooting for us and they're praying for us and they're pulling for us and they're going to war with us in this battle that is already won in Jesus Christ 
we need your prayers as never before as, as leaders of this church. I mean, we're, we're, uh, I'm jazzed up anyway. We're pretty excited about what God is doing and what he's birthing and what he is about to do. But we need your prayers because it's never been harder to do this, never been harder to lead this, and we do not have it all figured out. We're meeting together after this service for a while to affirm kind of the direction that he's been speaking to the pastors, to the elders, to, to the body, and, and then we cannot wait until Sunday, November 21st, where we're going to share as much as we do know. <laughs> we're going to share with you. We're going to call it Mission Sunday. We're going to start taking up our harvest offering that'll go through the end of the year. We're going to give you a reason to invest your whole self into what God is doing here at the church at Bradenton on Mission Sunday. I'll be the first to tell you, need your prayers. For what? For what Paul said as we close. And also pray for me that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And this is, this is me. I need it. I need it. I need it. I had someone suggest to me about a month ago, and it's somebody that, that I feel I know loves me but suggested to me that I, I don't talk about the stuff that I've been talking about and just preach, you know, the gospel, the, the good news part of the, of the good news part. But, you know, you can't really change anything. And if you're not careful, then other, there's going to be trouble. And why would you say that? Why would you do that? And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm just not smart enough not to. Or maybe... I fear the Lord too much not to. Maybe I'm not okay with the future that I'm going to leave my grandson someday, someday soon. I want, I want to close with a word of, of faith and hope. I know our world is messed up. I know our nation is barreling down the wrong path, professing to, to, to be more woke than ever. There are those who are, are, are trying to get us to, to slumble, slumber. And, and, and it, it's a combination of this, of just absolutely evil arrogance and unbelievable ignorance of, of history for that matter, of history. I mean, atheist, agnostic, follower of, of Jesus, whatever you, you, you believe in, just look at world history and what happens when people go down this path. Uh, it does not lead to societal utopia. It leads to oppression. I would say like the world has never seen, but just be a student of history and it happens again and again and again. But our generation, we get it. We're evolved. We're awakened to a truth that the rest of you, especially you religious people, can't possibly understand. Just look how well it's worked out in Europe. I say that out loud. To which Isaiah cries, and it's probably St. Paul quoting Isaiah saying, Awake, O sleeper, and arise, and Christ will shine on you. We must be a bold people in a cold world. I believe something, church. 
I believe that to him who has done and is doing is able to do immeasurably more above all that we ask or think or, or imagine to him be the glory in his church right here, right now, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. I think we need to be among those that speak faith and speak hope and speak and live out the love of the gospel because this, this, this war that we wage has already been won. And we are not victims. We are victors in Jesus Christ. And I've never believed more. I feel sorry for anybody here in Manatee County that's not in on it. Love my brothers and sisters everywhere, but I got to tell you, um, God is stirring something. He's doing something here. And to think that I get to be a small part of that, I'm blown away. And I believe more than ever in what the Holy Spirit is just beginning to birth as we make disciples who make disciples of Jesus Christ and try to grow strong families in Him. It's happening. It's happening. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Bradenton podcast. We would love the opportunity to pray with you. Contact us through our website, tcab.church, and click the contact tab. Or email us at info at tcab.church. If you like the podcast and want more, don't forget to subscribe to get new content each week. And please feel free to share it with others.